Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Myers. You can find me on LiveTo110.com. And here is my co-host, General Lee Lowry. Hi, everyone. Glad to be with you today. Uh, everyone, you can find her on GeneralLee.com. And if you're not paying attention, she's going to kick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> I love that your little saying. Uh. So funny. It's so true. I will kick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to have you kick my butt. I know I keep saying that, but we... We're doing it. We're, I want to... I think we, we have to just set a date and get it done. Yeah, I want to get in that gym with you and okay. do a butt blast. Oh, I would love it. I should take you to Gold's Venice just so you can get the full-on experience of the Mecca of bodybuilders and the uh, tan intimidation as you walk in. <laughs> I've actually thought about quitting all my Pilates and just getting a, a membership at Gold Gym in Venice. It's seriously, it's so fun. Even just from like a, just from like a fun standpoint to see people who are, I don't know, Mr. Olympia is there, you know, it's kind of like you see the best in the business when it comes to bodybuilding. And then you also have, have, you know, just regular people like you and me there. And all the little anorexics in L.A. running around. No, no. No <laughs> sunglasses inside trying to be, you know, the coolest of the cool. They're just <laughs> straight working out. Well, everyone, today we are interviewing Liz Wolf, author of the new book, Eat the Yolks. It's a hilarious take on the healthiest diet on earth, which is paleo, of course. And she's also the co-host of one of the top-rated health podcasts, the Balanced Bites podcast, which it's one of my favorites. I've been listening to it for a long time. And we are so thrilled to have her on the show today. So stay tuned, because this girl is funny. Mm, that's awesome. Well, and you know, we have to do the disclaimer. So please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition, and it is not a substitute for professional medical advice. The Live to 110 podcast is solely informational in nature. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatment or fitness regimen that we suggest on this show. Or eating egg yolks. No, actually, oh, yeah. actually, don't ask your doctor before eating egg yolks because they're going to discourage you. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's so funny because I was reading that through this, and you know, I, I too love balanced bites, but um, yeah, I love those yolks. I don't eat them in every single meal with my eggs. I tend to do a couple egg yolks and a couple egg whites, but they're great it's where the nutrition is. You know, it's awesome. So yeah, I I think it's important to eat the yolks because that's it, like you said, it's where all the nutrition is, and it's also a good source of choline that yep. helps our livers detox. And there's no other sources of it except for liver, which most people are not eating. Yep. So I think it's important to eat that yolks just for that sole nutrient by itself. I like just the way you say yolks. I mean, you have a big L in your yolks. Yolks. It's, <laughs> like it's, from, it's from Texas, I guess. There we go. We're going to talk about yolks, y'all. <laughs> That's anyway, Well, you know me. I'm a General Lee, and I'm doing online training now. So not only can you find me here in Los Angeles in the gyms, but you can also find me online where I will help you with not only your fitness regimen that is specifically uh, geared for you, but I will also help you with nutrition. So if you want to find out more information on that, you can find me on my Facebook page, which is General Lee Fitness and Nutrition, or you can find me online at generallee.com. And uh, you can email me at lee at generallee.com anytime with questions or uh, informational uh, 
questions on my on my online training. Yeah, how to have a perfect butt. You can email her how to how, how to do, do that. How do I get that booty? <laughs> and you can also you have a new newsletter, right? You can sign up for your newsletter you on can. your site. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, there's a new newsletter that you can sign up for on my website at generallee.com. So please, I would love to uh, start communicating with you guys that way. Yeah, everything you've ever wanted to know about getting a toned butt. That's right. And I'm really excited. I've got some ex- great news. I have started a new cooking show. Yeah. Yeah. And it's called Modern Paleo Cooking with Wendy Myers. And you'll find it on my YouTube channel, which is Wendy Live to 110. And basically, uh, I decided, you know, to help out the people. They're going to be buying my book. Um, I have an upcoming book called The Modern Paleo Survival Guide. That's all about taking paleo to the next level by including the most nutrient-dense foods. And I think this is really, really, really important, um, and it's something I'm very passionate about, about teaching people how to eat nutrient-dense foods, how to pick the most nutritious vegetables in the grocery store. And this is all going to, you know, combine in one little show, and I'm going to teach you how to cook healthy, modern paleo food. I love it. I think the... I think the coolest thing, Wendy, is like I, you know, I'm not 100% paleo, and a lot of my clients are either aren't either. But even for people like us, like I did, I watched you do a recipe the other day. Everybody can go there and get great recipes. Whether you're 100% strict modern paleo, whatever your your uh, your deal is, these are great recipes. Period. So it's really for everybody. It, it really is, and you know, paleo is just a template. And uh, what I'm doing with modern paleo is. If you tolerate grains and legumes and dairy, and I'll have some shows that are pure paleo and some shows that are more modern paleo that include these foods, but if you can tolerate those foods, you should eat them. Um, It's just, I think, generally the sicker someone is, the more strict paleo they need to go, like if their digestion is messed up. Um, That's probably a sign that they don't do well with grains, legumes, and dairy, or all three. So people kind of have to figure that out. And that's what my book is about too, is assessing out what are your food sensitivities and what foods can you tolerate and not these modern foods that are so prevalent in our, our food supply. I love it. Yeah. And yeah. And I also have a store uh, that's up on the site. It went up a couple months ago and you can find that on live to 110.com slash store. And I've got all kinds of supplements and saunas. I've got five different kinds of near infrared saunas, which I think are crucial to surviving and thriving into the today's toxic cesspool pool of a planet. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, what's funny is what we talked about with your, with those saunas, I'm actually going to get one and post it on my site because it's great for bodybuilders or anyone who is also, you know, training heavy because it's great for uh, rebuilding and restoring that muscle. So um, I'm excited about about getting one of those myself from you. Yeah, I think it will definitely give you a competitive edge. It's really important getting all those toxins out that are will be weighing down your performance and repairing your muscles faster. Great. And, uh, and I also have another announcement. Um, I have been accepted into Sean Crockton's second opinion series on the thyroid. It's a, a big online conference. Conference. Sean Croxton is the, the king daddy of holding these big online conferences. He's had Real Food Con and a few other ones, um, a PaleoCon. 
But this year he's decided to do one concentrated on the thyroid, which I happen to be very knowledgeable about healing naturally with nutritional balancing. So I'm going to be, you know, giving him my opinion on how to do that. I'm really, really excited. That'll be coming out in May. So cool. Our guest today, Liz Wolf, is a nutritional therapy practitioner, NTP, and is part of the dynamic duo of the Balanced Bites podcast, one of the top-rated podcasts on health on iTunes. Her website is cavegirleats.com, where she writes a hilarious blog about homesteading and living large on a farm, growing healthy and sustainable food. And she's also a has a regular column in Paleo Magazine. And her first book, Skin Intervention Guide, is a must for anyone looking to heal skin issues, acne, psoriasis, things of that nature. But today we're going to be talking about her new book, Eat the Yolks. Liz, I'm so honored to have you on the show. I'm so, I'm honored that you had me on. Thank you. I know I know I had a little bit of internet frustration out here on the farm, so glad to finally get to talk. Yeah, you know, and I I love your podcast, the Balanced Bites podcast. I've been listening to it for a long time, and you know, I just love uh, hearing you and Diane go back and forth. And I'm just really <laughs> really happy to have you on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. And you know, I love the title of your book, uh, Eat the Yolks. Because I cannot stand it when I'm at a restaurant and people order egg white omelets and I just want to scream, you've got to eat the yolks. Oh, it's so painful. Although I do like how some restaurants charge extra for egg white omelets. I'm like, that's right. You should have to pay for throwing those yolks away. <laughs> I mean, it's the most nutritious part. It's the whole point of eating the egg. Yes, is it is. The it yolk. Is. Yep. Uh, but I truly believe that people are slowly committing suicide by not eating the dang yolks. It's a, it's a pretty sad uh, fact of our nutritional status as a country, I think. What slowly, slowly, slowly just hurting ourselves with this fake food nutrition. Yeah, yeah, and it's, you know, it's sad because all the guys, I, the people that I usually see at restaurants that are ordering the egg yolks or the older men that are clearly on statins and have been mm. told by their doctor not to eat the yolks or any foods that might you know increase their cholesterol but of course anyone in the know knows that high cholesterol foods do not affect our our actual cholesterol levels and even if they did would it be a bad thing yeah i know <laughs> well why don't you tell the listeners about yourself and you know what drives you to spread the message about paleo with your book eat the yolks it's really it's all kind of anchored in my own story. So, you know, I think that for a lot of folks that start a blog and start talking about food on the internet, it's comes from a place of passion based on our own, our own narrative. So for me, I just kind of spent most of my young adult life into my twenties thinking I needed to look a certain way and cut calories or go vegan or go, you know, weight watchers or whatever in order to look different, but I never thought about all of the health issues that I was dealing with, like eczema or just weird acne, random skin problems that just were morphed into different weird skin problems day after day. And I was always tired and, you know, I, I probably spent a good month sleeping and not going to class in college when I was dieting. I was just tired all the time. 
Mm -hmm. and discovering first CrossFit and then the paleo idea. And I like to say it's not paleo with a capital P for me, it's paleo with a little P (laughs) because I like to, I, I think my approach is pretty loose and that's not to say, you know, that's not to say that I don't think the paleo diet with a capital D is transforming people's lives. It's just more over the course of the last five, six years, becoming a nutritional therapy practitioner, helping other people get healthy, as well as starting my master's in public health. I think I've just realized there are a lot of different ways to be healthy. Some are out of the box paleo, some not so much, but it's all based around real food. And that's, that's the approach that got my skin to a place that I'm really happy with. I, I'm not dealing with eczema anymore. It's what I've helped other people, you know, using those principles. And that's really been the the turning point for me. So that's, I pretty much put it all in Eat the Yolks. It's, it's almost this rundown of all of the questions that I get asked. And I, I wanted to put them all in one place and say, you're worried about cholesterol. You're worried about animal protein. If you're worried about eliminating whole grains, if you're worried about calories, read this book. It's all in here. I promise. Yeah. I agree with you on not doing the the strict paleo diet with a capital P. I always actually wondered why I had to capitalize it. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's definitely not about, uh, everyone eating the same exact paleo diet that yes. Loren Cordain, um, proposes that we no dairy, no gl- legumes, no grains. It's more about, um, you know, what I propose and, my little version is called modern paleo, where mm. if it works for you, you know, you're not sensitive to it, you can have some of that. For sure. You know? I, I think in the book I say, you know, paleo represents, and thank goodness for Lauren Cordain because he brought this idea kind of back to a mainstream place. There yes. have been, quote, paleo people going back many decades, but he kind of brought it to a place of prominence such that we could all use that foundation as a, as a jumping off point. And thank goodness for that. But I think in the book, I say that paleo is a term that we use for a body of information and a conversation that continues to grow and expand. And I think it's really important that we don't close ourselves off to new ideas or new research because that is a surefire recipe for just complete stagnation. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. There's always something new to learn. There's new research and people on the cutting edge frontiers mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. learning new things about what our bodies are, can healthily tolerate and eat. Sure. So why do we need to be eating the foods of our ancestors? Well, there are a couple of reasons. We have a really good long historical record of many cultures across the planet that ate these ancestral foods and really good health for many years. That's a the, the historical component. But I also talk about in the book the nutritional component because these foods of our ancestors are they're actually where the nutrition is. So if we want to run our bodies a little bit better and give it really good fuel, I mean, cellular level, like this is how we are fueling our cells, our very cells. It's not just calories. It's about nutrition too. And these, these foods are the foods that I think really will enable us to run our bodies as, as best as we possibly can. Yeah. So what's up with buying a farm and moving to the country (laughs) with, with a bunch of goats? (laughs) <laughs> it's so funny this journey has taken me here and I oh man so five six years ago I'm, I'm losing count now but when I first started this journey I was CrossFit <clears throat> and paleo and then 
you know, I started writing about things a little bit more and researching things a little bit more because, you know, I bought into the paleo concept really early and I saw a lot of really positive change from it. And so I was cool. I was cool with that. But then I started to ask myself like, well, this is working, but isn't my cholesterol going to go through the roof? Aren't I going to give myself heart disease with all this, you know, animal products and whatever. So I needed to answer those questions for myself. So over the course of several years doing this research and, and figuring out exactly why these foods are the best foods humanly possible, I also realized that how we grow and raise our food really, really matters. And learning about you know grass-fed meats and properly grown, organically grown vegetables, vegetables grown without pesticides, things like that, became really interesting to me. And another thing that became interesting was food freedom. So what I was starting to realize was that we have this problem in the United States where the government is literally promoting junk food, like disguised as health food. I'm not saying they're promoting Twinkies because we all know Twinkies are garbage, but the government is promoting processed food disguised as health food, Um, vegetable oils that are not may I remark from vegetables, corn is a grain, soybeans are legumes, canola is a seed, cotton seed oil is from cotton. None of those are vegetables, but Mm. they're all called vegetable oils. So I I started to realize that there was this built-in agenda that was pushing junk food on the entire nation and we just, everybody was getting sicker. So for me, worrying both about where my food came from and also wanting to take responsibility for my own nourishment and put it in my own hands and maybe, you know, help feed a couple people in my close community at the same time. That's what I wanted to do. And now I know not everybody can just pick up and move themselves to a farm, but (laughs) you don't know, you don't need much to grow a garden. And really the reason we were able to do this is because my husband got a new station. He's in the military and it's really close to home and we'd been wanting to look for some land for a while and it all just kind of happened at a perfect time where we were moving to the boondocks a little bit and we found this perfect parcel of land and just and just went for it so that's kind of how it all happened in a nutshell (laughs) have you started growing vegetables yet well we've started a ton of seeds a ton of um uh, what's the word? Not heritage. That's for, for animals. The heirloom? Heirloom, yes. Yeah. Heirloom seeds. We got them all from rareseeds.com. Oh. So Baker Creek heirloom seeds. And we've started our cabbage, cauliflower, onions. Let's see, some other things as well. I'm actually sitting here at our starter seed table because it's right next to our wireless router, which is the only way I can get a reliable internet connection here at the at the farm, but, uh, so you're smelling so, baby onions, like cry, I'm, I'm crying check, while you're doing the podcast. I'm under the grow lights here <laughs> and out the window, I can see the goats in the, in the arena. So, yeah, I think it's really important for people to grow their own food because I got such a huge lesson, um, in how pretty nutrient poor the vegetables at the grocery store are. When yeah. my uncle has been, he's basically like a master gardener has been growing vegetables for 30 years. And so I went and visited him. He's in Texas, and he cut me off some broccoli. He's like, here, take some broccoli home. And that broccoli stunk up my whole car. <laughs> it stunk up the whole refrigerator. And then when I roasted it, it was, and I tasted it, it was the most amazing broccoli I'd ever tasted, just exploding 
um, with flavor. And it's just, it was so full of sulfur. That's why it was super stinky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and just the grocery store broccoli can't even approach that. It just doesn't have no. the nutrition in it. It's just fiber and water. But it's hard. Mm. It's so hard. I, I always say animals are really forgiving. We have a flock of chickens. We have these goats. And really, it's just about checking on them, making sure they're doing well. We do some herbal uh, dewormers just to make sure their immune systems are are shored up and everything. But with chickens, they'll eat bugs and grubs. And, you know, they, they do really well with not a whole lot of obsessive input. But when it comes to vegetables, it's so difficult. I mean, the soil quality and how much you water them and did you start them at the right time and did you transplant them appropriately? And thanks to our supermarket culture, we've kind of lost that wisdom of how to grow your own food that's been passed down. So quite honestly, this is like the hardest thing I've ever done. And we we suck at it. Yeah. But we're, tr- we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I wish I could get back to that. You know, I've never really had lived in a house in LA where we have enough property to do that or really the motivation and inclination, honestly. But, um, but my mom's always grown a garden and just has been really diligent about always having one. There was just never a thought of not having one. It was just always there. Um, so I really respect people that, you know, are taking the time and effort to do that. Cause I think it's so important. I'm also so grateful for the local growers and the, the people that grow and take stuff to their farm markets because, Without them, we might be a little bit hungrier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I definitely recommend people always shop at farmer's markets, mm-hmm. you know, rather than the grocery store. It's surprisingly affordable. Yes, yes. So uh, one of the main premises of your book is that it turns out that everything we've been told about how to eat is dead wrong. So what is your take on the supposed heart-healthy, low-cholesterol diet? It was just based on nonsense, underdeveloped nonsense. And the reason I wrote this book is because for me, when I know the history of something, like how we got from point A to point Z, it's a lot easier for me to contextualize and conceptualize what is actually going on. So, you know, if, if you knew that everything we thought we knew about the way cholesterol acts in the body was based on nonsense and I'm explaining to you what that nonsense was and how it came to be to me it's a lot easier to shed the dogma because like I said before I bought into paleo and I was eating my egg yolks but I still thought it was going to cause heart disease and I couldn't reconcile that until I finally understood why we thought the way we thought in the first place and then it was really easy for me to kind of discard that dogma but really what happened was a series of really flawed and poorly interpreted studies that were kind of hijacked by a couple different media outlets, in particular Time Magazine. Time Magazine mistook and conflated dietary cholesterol and the cholesterol in our blood and basically spread this propaganda that we should not be eating eggs and bacon, which is just the most tragic thing that's ever happened to food in the United States. This was in 1984. And so from there, we see this crazy uptick in stroke, heart disease, vascular problems, and diabetes. But instead of going back to the foods that we were eating before this craziness happened, we're just banging our head against the wall of whole grains, low-fat, corn oil-type stuff, and just getting nowhere. So that's kind of the short story. The longer story involves some corporate interests that jumped on the anti-cholesterol, anti-saturated fat train and made a ton of money doing so. 
And so it's kind of their narrative that has been scrawled on our cultural consciousness. I mean, let's be honest, our local farmer can't afford an ad during the Super Bowl for corn oil. You know, mm-hmm. they can't advertise their local butter from grass-fed cows to the masses with and, a bunch of bogus health claims. And they can't afford Fabio to, <laughs> to pump their fake butter either. Kim Cattrall and Fabio, yeah. <laughs> Uh, if only they could. I'd love to see Fabio hawking carrots. Oh, that'd be amazing. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you because these, uh, it, it just makes me so sad when I have so many clients, the ones that are on statins that come to me, and all their doctors tell them to eat Benacol. And I have to go in and clean out their fridge of all that. I can't believe it's not butter and Benacol and all these just poison to their hearts. I mean, if we look at the nutrition labels, too, of Benacol and margarine and all these things that we've been sold as health food these labels are this stuff is full of junk and we only have to read them to see that and then what look at the label on a pat of butter and ingredients cream Mm -hmm. yeah and that's why one thing i'm from texas and one thing i'm happy about that part of growing up in texas is eating meat Mm. um that's what we did we ate steak a couple nights a week and pork chops and Every single night, there's lots and lots of meat there, uh, lots of meat raised there. And certainly paleo is you know, about eating meat and most importantly, including red meat in your diet. Um, but all meat is not created equal. Like what kind of meat do we need to be eating? Well, as a Kansas girl, I mm. have a lot of experience with factory farms. So my entire youth driving across the state of Kansas for various things, we would drive past the feedlots where cows were being fed a bunch of genetically modified corn, a bunch of soy and all kinds of things. And the stench was awful. And you just think you smell that and you're like, I do not want to eat that meat. And what's sad is that our food system has, and this is part of kind of what the government has done with its subsidies. Our food system is based around agricultural crops and their byproducts. And that stinks because what's happening is the byproducts of corn oil production and canola oil production are being sold to feedlots and they're being shoved down the animal's throats. And that is not the animal's natural diet. But over time, it has become that that is the cheap food that people can afford and farm, like really ethically pasture-based farming operations, like say what Joel Salatin does at Polyface Farms, that has become a more expensive way to eat, yet that's the most nutritious way to eat. Because really, when our animals eat the diet that they're meant to eat, which is for cows, grass, for deer, grass, for bison, grass, for pigs, almost anything, including meat, for chickens, bugs, grubs, and things like that, when animals are eating their biologically appropriate diets, they pass along incredible nutrition to us. But these feedlots are really producing not only sad, mistreated animals, but kind of sad, less healthy meat. And it's hard for me to trumpet this, to say all meat is not created equal, and I just can't, I can't, I can't make excuses for factory farmed meat because it's just, it's just not good for us or for the planet. But what's cool is that pasture-based farming operations are becoming more widespread and the the product of those operations is becoming more affordable. So we just, I want people to take heart with that because I know not everyone can, feels like they can just go to a local farm and buy grass-fed beef. 
they definitely feel like they can't go to Whole Foods and buy grass-fed beef for $9 a pound. It's just insane and ridiculous. But if we go to, say, eatwild.com and we locate a farmer near us, we can generally find really affordable meat. So we just bought a, a side or a half of a pasture-raised pig, so a pig raised outside in the sun, rooting around for the food that is natural to it. And not only did we get the pig, but we also got a freezer to keep that pig in, that half of a pig, evened out to $3.50 per pound. Wow. That's nothing compared to even what we're buying in the grocery store, conventional meat. So I want people to take heart that you can get really good quality meat at a good price. You just have to shop differently. Yeah, people have to get creative. You know, they can go to Weston A. Price and get into a little co-op that Mm -hmm. families, several families can buy meat together and there's ways to do it. Yes, definitely. Well, so let's talk about grains a little bit. Grains are such a huge part of our diet today in Mm -hmm. the United States. But why should they be excluded for the most part, if not completely on a paleo diet? I kind of start from the platform of nutrition value. So we've been told for a really long time that whole grains are really important for what? For their fiber contents. We can get all the fiber that we need from fruits and vegetables. That's just the contention that we're not going to be able to poop anymore because we're not eating whole grains is just ridiculous. And I hear it over and over again. And I'm thinking we've been sold this bill of goods that the only place we can get fiber is from whole grains. It's just silly. Now, from a nutrition perspective, grains just don't have all that much available nutrition. When we eat anything that's derived from a seed, because that's basically what grains are, it's just kind of seeds ground up, those seeds hold on to nutrients because the seed in nature needs those nutrients, those built-in nutrients to sprout and grow. And it doesn't give them up just because we ask them to. So when we eat grains, especially like whole wheat bread, quote unquote, whole wheat bread, things like that, that are sold to us as healthy, we're actually not getting the nutrition that's listed on the package. So it might be there. So a seed might have magnesium or zinc in it, but it's not giving it up for our bodies to use. So it's not about what's actually in that food it's what our bodies can do with it. And the most available nutrition is from properly raised animal products. Zinc, you can get in spades from properly raised animal products that won't be available to you necessarily from grains. Same with iron, same with B vitamins. So there's really just no contest from a nutrient perspective. Yeah, and that's one thing that people always, you know, questions that people pose to me is like, but it says on the nutrition facts label that it's got all this iron and this and that and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, but that's what's burned up in a mass spectrometer. That's, (laughs) that's not how our digestion works. Like that is not getting into you, you know? Oh, that's a good, so what do their their eyes glaze over when you say spectrometer? (laughs) Yeah. Like, what is that? Uh, but that's how all these nutrition labels, that's in all the nutrition facts about spinach or kale or whatever, they're burnt up. Um, they're not being digested in a human digestive tract and then the nutrients are calculated, you know. But Quaker doesn't tell you that. That's the fun thing. Quaker doesn't say mass spectrometer indicates there are these things in our whole grain bread. Yes, yes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and I, I, it makes me sad when I have, again, clients coming to me and they're they see the Quaker oatmeal box that says uh, lowers your cholesterol Mm. you know and if you eat you know really anything with fiber in it it will lower your cholesterol 
I mean, that's, there's the key, right? The fiber, if, if we want to talk about the health benefits of fiber, let's talk about the health benefits of fiber that is from fruits and vegetables. It's yes. just as good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, so what's your, your personal paleo diet look like? Do, do you ever eat legumes or grains, etc.? I don't eat grains just because I'm not interested. Um, because I gave them up for so long doing kind of the out-of-the-box strict paleo diet for a couple of years there before I really started to dig into ancestral nutrition. So I kind of gave up grains. Um, I used to do one like piece of sourdough bread per every year at the Weston A. Price Foundation Conference, which is totally cool. I mean, I don't begrudge anybody, any of the foods that they like to eat. It's no big deal. But uh, I'll do, I like to explore different traditional cultural foods. So when we do Indian food, I'll eat rice. Um, I've done traditionally prepared rice and beans, that type of thing because I understand the role of those foods in traditional diets. And I like to experience that Korean food, uh, Ethiopian food, that type of thing. So, but processed food, I had somebody the other day ask me, Hey, do you ever cheat? And I was like, Oh yeah, I cheat all the time. And they thought I meant like Oreos and pizza, (laughs) but I've forgotten that, you know, when people ask that question, they're asking me if I eat Oreos and pizza and they're not asking me if I eat white rice and white potatoes, Yeah, yeah. which I do. I eat white rice, white potatoes and, and things like that, but the the bulk of my nutrition is properly raised meats, veggies, some fruit, sardines. I do a lot of sardines. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, they're good. They are good. Yeah, I uh, whenever I eat gluten, I have a piece of bread. I feel horribly guilty, and then I get a stomach ache. I'm like, there you go, you deserve it. Like, doesn't feel good. And you know, sometimes maybe that's worth it. You know, say you go to. I don't know, some restaurant that's the most famous restaurant in the world and you just have to try their eclair. You, know, you go to France, try some, you know, have wine and cheese and have an eclair. That's that's totally cool. This is my body, nobody else's body. I can do what I want with it. But oftentimes we do suffer the consequences. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Sometimes I, I knowingly suffer, you know, eat my food and knowing what the consequences are going to be. I'm like, it was worth it. <laughs> totally. You know, <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I have a question I like to ask all of my guests. What do you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today? Oh, that's really tough because I've done some nonprofit work with some at what we'll call them at risk populations. So at risk youth in one of the worst food deserts, one of the most dangerous cities in the United States, which is Camden, New Jersey, worked with some youth coming out of there. And I've also done some nutrition program development for the first 20, which is a firefighters organization looking to improve cardiovascular risk factors for firefighters. And so that's kind of my paradigm access to good nutritious food. And it's so different in the United States where we have this surplus of calories all the time, but most of those calories are completely devoid of nutrition and certain parts of the United States, like Camden, New Jersey, are literal food deserts for these kids that just need nourishing foods, but all they can find is a Twinkie. So for the United States, I think food deserts and just the centralization of growing and agriculture is just, just literally killing us. So community gardens, urban gardens, passing down traditions of food and self-sufficiency is really, really important to me. And that's a really gradual process. But for a kid to be able to grow his own tomatoes or 
you know, making it legal for him to have his own backyard chicken or porch chicken or whatever, I think could really slowly change our food system for the better. Now, facing the world, that's really tough because unfortunately the developed world is really stealing land from small cultures and traditional cultures across the world and basically taking their food supply and people are starving because of it. And that's such a tough issue and such a good question. But in the United States, I would have to say trying to decentralize the food system a bit so we can get rid of these food deserts and get the kids and the at-risk populations good food. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great answer because it makes me sad when, you know, you see, um, you know, kids that they have no idea where vegetables come from. They have no exactly. idea that they're grown in the ground. And I love when I see all the, you know, lots of inner city schools and other types of schools having the kids grow their own vegetables. And so they have take some pride in one seeing where they come from and growing them and they're more likely to eat them. Yes, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. I love it. And my daughter's preschool, I mean, she's three and they're growing like lettuces and carrots and things like that. And it's so cute because it, it makes them more interested in vegetables. It's funny how we think that kids aren't going to want vegetables. We just put that baggage on, you know, the nation's youth. Like they're not interested in vegetables. It's such a challenge to get kids to eat vegetables. Well, if they're raised with literally no vegetables available, then maybe they won't like vegetables. But I, uh, I've done some work with Steve's Club National Program, which is an incredible organization that that literally is taking these kids from Camden, New Jersey, training them with CrossFit and helping get them helping to get them nourishing food. And they just developed this pilot program where they're bringing in food from a local CSA. So these kids get a CSA box and, you know, people can sponsor it. And they were so excited about the vegetables and cooking with the vegetables. It's like, I was sitting there thinking, well, that's great. You're giving them vegetables, but they're not going to eat them. No, they were so excited. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I try to do that with my daughter too, is where I have her, you know, in the kitchen with me making food so that it, you know, it makes her more likely to eat it. If they, you know, the kids participate in cooking the food themselves. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's, that's the most exciting part for them is learning to prepare them. I think well, so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit, you know, what you're up to and, you know, where they can find you. I am up to, oh gosh, what am I not up to right now? Right now, I'm trying to keep these goats under control. Yeah. Are you planning to eat the goats? I don't, these are dairy goats. Oh, so okay. we'll be doing, I tolerate goat's milk and goat's milk cheese really well. So we will be milking these goats <laughs> next year. We'll have to have baby goats first. So we'll have baby goats and We'll be doing these uh, goats as milking goats. We've got some pigs coming in that we will raise for food. And we've also got some cows probably coming in in the spring that we'll also use for food. Mm. So that's the deal there. Um, I've been emotionally preparing myself for actually eating an animal that I have raised for for quite some time now. So we'll kind of see, see how that goes. But... Right now, I'm just working on getting the word out about Eat the Yolks and redesign my website to kind of make things more accessible for folks. I, I put together eatthyolks.com, and I'm now actually at realfoodliz.com instead of Cave Girl Eats. Cave Girl Eats will forward folks to realfoodliz.com, and I made that switch because 
I was ready to kind of expand the reach of this paleo idea to kind of bring in folks that feel a little bit intimidated by this whole like caveman diet thing. Yeah. I want people to, you know, kind of get on the train with me where if we're just like trying to learn more about our bodies and the food that we eat and how we can support a little bit of a more sustainable system and engage with that. So that's pretty much what I'm up to right now besides getting this garden planted and off the ground or in the ground. Well, Liz, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I, listeners, I really highly recommend Liz's book, Eat the Yolks. I read about the first third of it, um, you know, prior to us recording this show. And it's so funny, and there's so many funny stories in it. And I, I just love the message about eating real food and, you know, forgetting all these myths that we've learned. We, we, I think, Liz, both you and I really are trying to teach people that there are so many health myths out there and wrong ideas about food that we've been sold for many, many decades. And it's going to take some time to turn that tide around. And I'm sure you know this too, Liz, whenever like myself, I give a speech and I talk about how we need to eat red meat and butter and people are like, <gasps> like people are literally <laughs> gasping and laughing, laughing even. Well, um, hopefully, if they read my book, they will laugh, but for a different reason. They'll, yeah. they'll laugh at all the ridiculous insanity that got us to this place where we're afraid of real food. Yeah, we'll be laughing with us instead of at us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this lady talking about? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, Liz, again, thank you so much. It was thank really, you. really nice to meet you, and I hope to have you on again soon. Of course, anytime. Thank you so much, Wendy. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. If you want to learn all about detoxification, the modern paleo diet, or healing your health conditions naturally, go check out my site, livetoone110.com. And you can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter at IWillLiveTo110. And we're very positive over there on the Facebook page. And I'm also on YouTube at Wendy Live to 110 That's the home of my modern paleo cooking show which I definitely recommend you check out. There'll be a new recipe every week on YouTube and on the blog post. So it gives you all the directions about what I'm talking about and demonstrating on the show. And if you want to learn more about Lee, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram if you just want to see pictures of what's going on, what I'm doing, what I'm cooking, at Jen Lee. I'm also on Facebook at General Lee Fitness and Nutrition. You can check out my YouTube channel. I've been posting videos there as well regarding fitness. And that is under my real name, which is Lee Lowry, uh, L-O-W-E-R-Y. And then, of course, you can find me on generallee.com. And all this information will be there as well. And everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, folks, eat your yolks. So thank you so much (laughs) for listening to the Live to 110 podcast.